Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio, featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. A year ago, I had the pleasure of interviewing cultural anthropologist, publisher, author, and literary agent William Gladstone. Today, he returns to the show to discuss how he and his co-authors arranged a new, life-changing book that helps you discover prosperity, joy, and fulfillment. I want to tell you about Charles F. Honnell. Charles F. Honnell had a vision when he published The Master Key System in 1912 as a correspondence course. Later published in book form, the material developed by this mega-successful businessman went on to influence people such as Ernest Holmes, Napoleon Hill, and many others who sought to use mental power as a means of attaining success. In a new book entitled The Complete Master Key System, Mr. Gladstone, together with his co-authors Richard Greninger, Richard Greninger and John Selby, rebirthed Honnell's vision with the original text and developed exercises that heighten readers' ability to implement Honnell's core principles in the 21st century. Comprised of two sections, the first half includes daily manifestation sessions that incorporate the most effective focusing methods used today and integrate ancient meditative techniques with new insights in cognitive psychology. In the second half, the master key system is arranged in 24 parts that include questions and answers to help you deeply integrate the concepts. It's not so much considered a spiritual practice as it is based on absolute scientific truth, but it has profound spiritual impact. As it states in Chapter 7, this is a reality-based book about your manifestation powers and how you can learn to activate, manage, and express those powers at a higher level. Why is this important? On page 318, we recognize that because it will enable us to control our thoughts, and since thoughts are the causes, conditions must be the effects. If we can control the cause, we can also control the effect. Perfectly said. The book comes with a support website where you can find Bill's award-winning documentary, Tapping the Source, and his manual for happiness, the Tapping the Source book. Join his community to gain access to additional resources such as free video, free audio guidance, through the core daily manifestation process outlined in the book. So if your goal is to change your life, Bill and his partners, Gail and Richard, are there to help you succeed in changing your mind. Bill, welcome back to the show. It's so great to chat with you again. Well, I'm just delighted to be on the show, and I hadn't really paid much attention the first time I was on the show to your introduction, and I have to uh-huh. say, The Complete Master Key System is the perfect book for your audience, because it really is about using the power of the mind and the natural laws of the universe to live the most joyful, 
healthiest, happiest life for you and those you love. And yes. so I'm really just delighted to be on your show. Thank you so much. And even when I, I wrote the script for the introduction, you know, you try to zero in, what's my show about? Who am I? What is this for? That kind of thing. And I'm all about change your mind, change your life. So that's why it's in there. And it's amazing how just every guest I have on the show, their material fits in with that. So, of course, your book is perfect for it as well. And I'm extremely impressed with this, Bill. You did a wonderful job. But before we get into talking about it, I understand that we'd like to offer up a prayer for Richard Greninger, your co-author. Yes. This morning, Richard uh, is undergoing bypass surgery. His heart is needing some attention. I'm sure it's going to be great, but if we can all just take five seconds and send out positive energy for his speedy recovery. Okay. Let's all do that now. Our thoughts and prayers go out to you, Richard. We do hope, you, hope that you heal quickly and find peace in this process, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, and thank You're all quite... the listeners for taking a few seconds there to see And, and they will pray. They, they're going to send him light. I have That's some. That's wonderful. Very, yes, very and, little. And part of, part of why it's so appropriate is this actually is based that, that Richard will – and is receiving right now, if people are actually sending their positive thoughts, he is actually receiving positive energy. That's really the basis of this book. And without Richard, we would not have this book, because it was Richard who had been a lifelong student of Charles Hanel and who brought to my attention the master key system. At the time, I was not even aware of Charles Hanel, and I was kind of poo-pooing all the self-help books because everybody brings me all these self-help books. Sure. Said, oh, come on! I don't, you know, how important can they be? Well, I I didn't read it right away, but I was on a plane to Kauai, and I had, you know, Richard had given me a copy of the original Master Key, and okay. I started reading it, and I couldn't believe it. It could have been written. I felt by me because I had used these exact principles to build up my own very successful business. So that was sort of okay. the origin of how I discovered the book in the first place. I had never heard of him either, so I'm happy to find this material. And, and for him to be thinking this way in 1912 and before, he was born, what, in 1866? Yes. I mean, it's That's absolutely me. phenomenal that you had somebody this advanced, particularly someone who was not what we would call from the – well, he wasn't even from the middle class. He was really from – sort of the lower middle class, uh, you right. know, his father was a teacher, but in those days teachers were not very well compensated. Mm-hmm. And he actually had to start working as a teenager in a, in a factory making frying pans in St. Louis. But he was obviously, you know, a good worker, very intelligent man, and mm-hmm. read widely. And what you find in the original Master Key system is – he incorporated Western and Eastern ideas together, and I think that was what mm-hmm. was so powerful. And in his course, which he did not actually release until after he was already a multimillionaire, he owned gold fields in California, cattle ranches. He, he was you know, fabulously wealthy, and he really yeah. did present the master key system as a gift to others. He had learned the principle that people aren't going to pay attention unless they pay, so he was charging 10 cents a lesson and sending it out as a mail-order course. Each chapter, Mm -hmm. you have all 24, so in those days it would have cost $2.40 and you would have had to pay for your postage. So it's a real bargain by today's standards. You get the whole book, you know, for $17.95. 
And, of course, what we realized when we got hold of Charles Hanel's original master key system was that for most people, just jumping in without an introduction and without a shortcut would mm-hmm. put them off. So that's really the origin of the Tapping the Source book that we wrote, which is now part of the complete master key system. And when I was on that plane flying to Kauai on vacation, reading Mm -hmm. the master key system for the first time, I was on my way to meet with a good friend of mine, John Selby, who just happened to be one of the leading meditation stress reduction experts in the world. Worked for many major corporations, degrees from Princeton, really knows his stuff. And... I had asked John, I said, you know, I I need someone who can help us take this, you know, wonderful master key system and update it for, you know, today's readers who don't have, you know, as much time to read, you know, a a long book. Right. Well, I'm just so busy with my own projects, I really don't have time, but as a favor to you, I'll, I'll, I'll skim through it tonight and see if I can come up with somebody to do it. Well, the next morning, he called me up all excited and said, I can't believe it. I had read the Master Key System when I was a student at Princeton 35 years ago. I forgot how important this book is. This book is the key to my own work because it's the first book that really explains that the key to manifestation when meditating is focusing on the solar plexus. Now, I'm not a meditation expert, so this didn't mean a lot to me at the time, but it did mean that John altered his writing schedule and really did the bulk of the writing for the complete master key system. And he created, he went through the original master key system and created these seven wonderful focus phrases, which are so easy to learn and remember, so that somebody who doesn't have the time to jump into the full master key system can Mm -hmm. in just a couple of hours develop their own method of stress reduction that is proven to work and that is simple to do and that you could do in as little as five to ten minutes a day. You're better if you take more time and do the exercises completely the way John recommends, that would be closer to a half an hour a day. But even if you okay. only have five to ten minutes, I'm all for I'm an entrepreneur. I deal with other entrepreneurs. I know that most entrepreneurs think 20 minutes, that's impossible. Five you know minutes, much, I can do that. Do you know how much work I can accomplish in 20 minutes, Bill? <laughs> I can do a lot of work in 20 minutes. But I well, know one of the listeners. things that, that is hard to believe, but true based on my own experience, if you actually do spend the 20 minutes doing nothing, quote, nothing, quote. doing meditation, connecting to the source, that's why we call the uh, hardcover version tapping the source, you'll actually increase your productivity because you'll Absolutely. be more centered and you'll be more aligned with the energies that actually are at the basis of all manifestation. And I know for people that have never explored this approach, it may seem impossible, but I can tell you it's true and based on, you know, having worked with some of the most productive people in America. I I represent people like Linus Torvalds, who created Linux, Peter Norton, who created the Norton Utilities. These techniques work. And so I'm just delighted to be part of the Complete Master Key System. We have a book that will appeal to people who only want to dip their toe in, and then, and really because of the publisher who was able to secure the rights to the original Master Key System and included it in this book, once you've mastered the first part of the book, you have the option to go further and re-experience the deep, profound wisdom of Charles Hanel's original master key system. But even okay. if you don't have that time, you're going to have tremendous benefit just from the first half of the book. Absolutely. I want to add 
I, I, you know, I do this. I do a lot more than 20 minutes in the morning. Um, that's just become my habit over the past 13 years or so. But people, I think the listeners are wondering, well, you know, you're, you're assuring them that it, this will work even in 20 minutes or five minutes once they get that preliminary step down in its abbreviated form. But I want to answer the question on their minds as to how it's going to work in such little time. And it's because, as I mentioned in my introduction, it comes from a scientific angle. So what it does is it creates a method that infuses the brain and the nervous system of the body, as it mentions on page 313. Mm -hmm. And this is very important to manifestation. And that's what I liked about it is that he goes into that and how the nervous system is affected by our thoughts and emotions. So that, in short, answers how it works. Because, like I always say on the show, the body is a reflection of the mind. And if you change your mind, you change the body, you change your manifestation. Would you agree? Absolutely. No, you've said it very well. For listeners who want a more uh, sort of graphic uh, metaphor, think of a magnet. You can magnetize a piece mm-hmm. of iron into a magnet. And obviously, there is different variety of strengths. But you can magnetize very quickly. And that's why this works. Once you align the energies, you are aligned. Now, you can increase the charge, mm-hmm. and you should. And, and you know, once you've, you've mastered the techniques, you will want to. But the reality is you don't have to start there. Just alignment will get you, quote, magnetized to start attracting. That is really the basis of the law of attraction, drawing into your life the right energy. What Charles Hanel wrote about, which we repeat in this book, the original description of the law of attraction has also been referred to as the law of love. It's basically as you direct your energy in a positive direction, align it with the source of the universe. Some people can call that God, whatever you want. But you align mm-hmm. yourself with the positive energy of the universe you will draw positive energy to you. And that's what we're talking about. The Secret was a great movie, but it oversimplified what the law of attraction is. It's not this idea of imagining a Ferrari in your garage and then magically the car's going to be there. Break out your vision board and put it in the fireplace. Exactly. I mean, that's all good affirmations, but it's really more about emanating this energy. You learn this simple technique so that you are actually becoming not just a receiver – but primarily a transmitter of positive energy. And it's by right. transmitting positive energy that you draw positive energy to you. And it's not this immediate, oh, I, I did my meditation this morning, someone just sent me a check for $100,000. It doesn't work that way. Now, you no. might work that way in a rare instance, but that's not what it's about. It's about a constant attunement. That's why, to me, even if it's only five minutes a day, I'd rather have people spend five minutes a day every single day than spend, oh, Sunday I'm going to do an hour, you know, but then I'm not going to do anything all week. It, you're going to be much better off with five minutes a day, even though that would yeah. only be 35 minutes in a week, than spending an entire hour just one day a week. It's right. the constant remembering that this is the nature of the universe, that you as a human being actually have the power to, quote, tap the source. Absolutely. And it's the consistency and mm-hmm. the belief and the trust in that process that actually helps you change your vibrational frequency. People keep asking, you know, well, I'm a good person and I do this and I work hard. Why can't I attract these things? 
It's because they're static in your vibrational frequency. And this is it's not the only way you can achieve it, but it's the mm-hmm. best and most efficient way to achieve that frequency to attract what you feel you deserve. But unless if you have negative self-concepts in your energy field and you don't feel deserving, you're going to experience conflict. And that's the law of energy. Um, Absolutely. Well, well said. It's also it's interesting. I'm also working with another uh, tremendous uh, spiritual teacher and healer, Dr. and Master Shah. And in his mm-hmm. belief system, it's not enough to be good in this life. It's your past karma that does you in. And he says that explains why many people who have led close to ideal lives are still suffering situations, including health challenges, because it's based on past karma. His work, which I've described in another book that I've just written, uh, Dr. and Master Shah, Miracle Soul Healer, goes into how you can heal past karma. But the principles are very much the same. He talks a lot about forgiveness. In terms of your meditation, we don't talk about forgiveness per se, but it is the same principle. You're connecting to the source. And when you're connected to the source, you are going into a dimension that is beyond the surface of everyday life. Right. And before we got on the air, you know, I was thinking um, that you're not going to get anywhere. I was thinking in terms of weight loss and, and just a variety of shows I have coming up. But you're not going to get anywhere if you're holding on to resentments and toxic emotions. You have to clear this out. And we all know by now, if, especially if you're a consistent listener of the show, forgiveness is not for the other person. It's to let yourself out of your self-imposed prison, to which you have the key all the time. But my, I've been teaching a long time, and I always say this. All paths lead to forgiveness. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what area of your life. Any path you're on, it's going to lead to forgiveness. And if you resist that process, if you, if you swim against the current, you will continue to experience conflict, chaos, and repercussions of that negative energy. I love how you said the word magnetized, because mm-hmm. that's the best way to describe how we're summoning and attracting people, places, and things into our lives that are, are okay, this is good, or okay, this is bad, and without the alignment that you mentioned a few moments ago. Which is why everything you do, and we go over this in the book, your thoughts really do matter. We have so many uh, people who just sort of are blindly receiving (laughs) energy that is not in their best interest, whether it's from the mass media, there's constant focus on warfare, there's constant focus. I mean, when you turn on the news, the the first thing on the news, the lead is always something negative. Somebody just killed someone, somebody just stole, someone just lit a fire, you know, terrible things. Yes. You, You know, you're not expected to live with your head in the sand, but you do need to choose what energy you allow into and be in control of it. It's fine to to deal with these negative challenges that other people have created, other countries are creating for us, but do it in a way that it doesn't overwhelm your emotional state. Too often, people forget that they control their own reality. It's what Mm -hmm. you think and what you choose to focus on. You can walk down the street and focus on the beautiful flowers, or you can focus on the one yard that's all, you know, disheveled. Where are you going to put your attention? Where you Mm -hmm. put your attention is going to have more to do with whether you feel that was a beautiful walk or it was ruined by this one yard that didn't, didn't, you know, live up to its neighbors. So these little techniques 
are very powerful. And no matter where you're living, no matter what your financial circumstances, everyone can take five to ten minutes a day and just focus and breathe and become aware that life is actually perfect in every moment. Now, the manifestation of that perfection, not so much. We all do things that we regret. We all have challenges. That's part of life. But the actual creation itself, which you do have the ability to experience, either through meditation or in my case, a lot of it is just walking at, on the beach. I'm very fortunate to live near the beach. But in nature, you actually can attune yourself to the magnificence and beauty of creation. And creation in and of itself is actually perfect in every moment. Always. And I'd like to remind the listeners that even if you live in a city like Philadelphia or New York, you can still go to a park and connect. Yep. You don't have to live in Florida like me, and I have all my critters that I enjoy, and I have a, a simple yard, and I sit there every morning and just watch the dragonflies and see what comes up to me. And maybe a, a little insect or a bird might have a message for me for that day, and that's a miracle in itself. Absolutely, and, and, the, and the thing the, I will also encourage listeners, patience. This is something I've had a big challenge with, and I think most entrepreneurs, we're very impatient people. We want things yes, done right away. <laughs> but sometimes things don't happen exactly when we want them to happen, and guess what? Usually it's for a better long-term outcome. Absolutely. And, the, and you know, we can learn so much. If we yeah. can just take five to ten minutes a day to go within and to focus on what truly matters and the true nature of our being. And mainstream society is not encouraging this at all. And even when they show, you know, in a movie somebody doing ohm and, you know, they make it look like a silly esoteric practice. And it's yeah. not that at all. This is something that major business people have been doing for at least a century, if they've been following Charles Hanel. The rumor is that Bill Gates and many of his colleagues in Silicon Valley had discovered the master key system and put really? it into practice before they built their wonderful technology companies. Is People who are successful know that what Charles Hanel was writing about is true. One of the quotes we have right at the beginning of the book is from a letter that Napoleon Hill – and people um, – are more aware of Napoleon Hill than they are of Charles Hanel, partly through the wonderful work of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. But this right. is a letter that was written uh, just about 100 years ago, April 1919. And the letter is from Napoleon Hill. And it says, My dear, it? yeah, it's very okay, go ahead. My dear Mr. Hanel, I believe in giving credit where it is due. Therefore, I believe I ought to inform you that my present success and the success which has followed my work as president of the Napoleon Hill Institute is due largely to the principles laid down in the master key system. I shall cooperate with you in getting your course into the hands of the many who so greatly need your message. Cordially and sincerely, Napoleon Hill. And this was a letter that was sent in April of 1919. That's just about 95 years ago, a little longer. Exactly. And for those listeners who have discovered the work of Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, and his other books... You can go now through the complete master key to really the source from which Napoleon Hill himself learned the principles of manifestation. And when we say manifestation, we're not just talking about money. So many people think because Napoleon Hill is known for think and grow rich that it was only about money. It's actually about all aspects of life, relationships, health, even artistic and intellectual endeavors. So right. manifestation is really the key 
to living a, a, a complete and fulfilled life. And ironically, the key to manifestation is going within before you go into your own creative process. Absolutely. It's tuning yourself with the creative energy of the universe itself. Yes, amp it up and plug in. We have to understand that we are connected to the universe, but we have to further and deeply understand how our, our minds and physical bodies fit in with the matrix of the universe, which, like you said, life is always perfect, but our perceptions and our reactions to what happens is what causes unhappiness and dissatisfaction. Since you mentioned money, I would like to read a paragraph on page 195 about becoming genuinely wealthy, if I could, since we brought that up in that sure. on the minds of most listeners. Okay, it states, Material wealth should never be desired as an end, but simply as a means of accomplishing an end. Success is contingent upon a higher ideal than a mere accumulation of riches, and he who aspires to such, such success must formulate an ideal for which he is willing to strive. Let's talk about that, because... It means yeah, I mean, this, this, is, this is really one of the reasons why I ended up writing this book, because mm-hmm. I, I read, you know, Charles Hanel's original Master Key System, where this idea is, is amplified greatly, and it so resonated with me. When I started my company, Waterside Productions, which is one of the leading literary agencies in the world, mm-hmm. I really wasn't focused on making money. I, I wanted to make some money, of course, but it wasn't the primary motivation. The motivation I had was... People had come to me because I had a background in book publishing. Waterside mm-hmm. Productions was actually started to be a film production company, not even to represent authors. But authors came to me and said, Bill, our books have been canceled because they had worked with me briefly at Harcourt Brace Ivanovich, and I left, and I was doing books that required some sophistication, and the editors who were left didn't have that same level of sophistication in those topics. So... Mm-hmm. Rather than just saying, well, I'm so sorry, that's just the way the cookie crumbles, I said, well, you know, I know people in New York. I'll get you some book contracts. So I started getting people book contracts. One thing led to another. Next thing I knew, I was working with Andy Kay of K-Pro Computers. People may not remember, but for a brief period of time, the K-Pro Computer was actually more important than IBM in what they called the portable computer. It was actually a luggable computer because it weighed about 35 pounds. But in those days, that was relatively small. Anyway, I started working with Andy. His company was called Nonlinear Systems at the time. We were creating something called the Tutor Computer to teach vocabulary. And in the middle of that project, one of his engineers created the K-Pro computer. All of a sudden, overnight, they went from a $2 million company to a $150 million company, and they had all these technical people writing the documentation for the computers. They came to me and said, Bill, our friends at Osborne, which was their main competitor, are getting contracts in New York to write books about computers. Can you help us? I said, sure. Overnight, we became the leading source of books about computers in the entire world. I did not have any idea that the computer at that time was going to be so universal. I was uh-huh. not this genius. I was just a person who wanted to help other people, who felt he could serve these people. And in the process of serving them, I created incredible wealth for myself and also incredible excitement because then I got you know, all involved with all these other computer geniuses. And next thing uh-huh. I knew, I was going to conferences with, you know, Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. And oh, it was great. just fascinating, you know, well beyond the, the money, just to learn what was revolutionizing the landscape of technology that was, right. in fact, at the core of the great just innovative period in the history of the world. So you never know, you know, what's going to happen. But the, the point of the story is you should 
do things because you enjoy them and because they can be of service to others. The more you are of service to others, the more you will receive. And it may not happen overnight, but it will happen. And people don't understand or believe very often. I'm not, I don't want to say never, but that really is why we're here, to be of service. And for those who do become successful or maybe somebody, can, an entrepreneur can achieve some moderate success, but they're happy because they're fulfilling their purpose. And it says on page 8 um, in Chapter 1 about um, Mr. Honnell's secret, if I can read that for a moment. Sure. It says, why would a man who at the age of 44, he was only 44, he, he had made millions before he even hit 40. Um, at the age of 44, had already achieved such remarkable financial success and recognition, dedicate so much of his time and energy to creating the master key system and sharing his success secrets with others. In part, it could be just good business practice for, as Honnell has written in the first explanation ever formulated of the law of attraction, giving to others is the key to attracting. But it seems more likely that Honnell's having achieved a high level of material and emotional happiness in his own life was sincerely motivated by an altruistic impulse to help others. And I want to mention, I want your thoughts on that, but I want to mention, I spoke to you the first time and last time a year ago. I had you on the show to talk about your wonderful novel that you had written. What I started, what what started with my show as a community of support, because it was my intention to help others and share information that I've learned through my lifetime, has now become, as I realized in recent months, a community of co-creation. And I've got a loyal following of people who we cross-promote because as I promote them, that energy comes back to me and vice versa. So that fits in with this. What are your thoughts about well, it's, it's even more than you're aware of because what you're really doing is cross-pollinating the emergence of a new consciousness on our planet. Because this isn't about cross-promotion in the crass, oh, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, we'll all make a little money together. This is really about promoting ideas that increase the awareness of everyone and create a greater good. It's more than just allowing others to benefit from what you're doing. It's it's being of service to an even larger purpose than any individual may know about the pattern that is emerging on our planet and throughout this and other universes of greater complexity and greater goodness. Recent books are describing the nature of reality based on quantum physics in ways that we had not perceived previously. I have one author in particular, Dr. Irvin Laszlo, who I hope you get a chance to interview when his newest book comes out. But he's actually showing his most uh, known book today, The Science in the Akashic Field. But he has some new books he's working on, which are actually showing that goodness is inherent in the universe, that the forces of higher awareness are working in a mysterious way way, if you wish, through individuals to create a more coherent consciousness at the highest level of awareness, not just mm-hmm. for each of us as individuals, but for all of us collectively. Because yes. ultimately, based on quantum physics, there is only one consciousness in the universe. And this goes back to ancient principles, the Chinese principles that I've learned from Dr. and Master Shah of the Tao, mm-hmm. for example, that, which okay. is their 
word for the source. Everything comes from the Tao. Everything goes back to the Tao. For us, in our book, we call that tapping the source. Other people call it the mind of God or the, the, you know, the creator God. But right. the reality is everything is one at the highest abstract level. And so we're working, whether we're aware of it or not, either to further the positive evolution of the universe or to serve as distractions. And I think there's a natural joy when you're working towards the higher good. And this mm-hmm. is why other authors that I've worked with, including Eckhart Tolle, talk about if you have a perception of this higher awareness, the most important thing you can do is share this perception with others. Because the more people that reach this level of awareness, the higher vibration will be brought to the planet, and everyone will benefit, including those who are completely oblivious in the moment to this level of awareness, because we are all linked, and the energy of each and every one of us impacts each and every one of us. And that's one of the basic laws of energy. That's how it works. We can block the light with fear and ego, but people can still get through to people that do that because of this principle. Tell you what, Bill, let me take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, I want to ask you, uh, according to what you say in the book, you and your co-authors have been called heretics. Because <laughs> and I want to get you to okay, talk about that come back, okay? <laughs> okay? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we'll be right back right after these messages, ladies and gentlemen. The odds of a young girl being discovered by an industry insider while singing to herself pumping gas? One and 300 million. The odds of the daughter of a clergyman from Severn, Maryland spending 11 weeks at number one on the U.S. singles charts? One and 19 million. The odds of going on to win six Grammy Awards? One and 1.4 million. The odds of selling over 40 million records? One and 800,000. The odds of this musician and performer having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 88. I'm Tony Braxton, and I encourage you to learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Autism Speaks. It's time to listen. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Explore new areas of interest, expand your knowledge, and gain clarity about your life's purpose at the Ocala Center. Affectionately known as OIC, the Ocala Inner Center, just two blocks south of Town Square, offers workshops, classes, healing meditations, and special events for the Ocala, Gainesville, and Central Florida spiritual community. Check out our calendar of events at OcalaInnerCenter.com. And if you're looking for a place for your next workshop or seminar, go to OcalaInnerCenter.com and give Gene a call. And we're back. We're here with William Gladstone, co-author of The Complete Master Key System, using the classic work to discover prosperity, joy, and fulfillment. So apparently you received some negative reactions and were called heretics. Who did this and why and how did you respond to this? Well, you have people who feel very strongly that there's only one way to the divine. And I'm not going to name any groups because there's, there's oh. good and bad in every group. But Absolutely. the more a group is based on fundamentalism, the more likely they're going to feel that what we're saying is, her- is not in keeping, I won't say it's because it's not heretic, but it's not in keeping with their belief system. It's not word for word if you're a devout Christian, you know, 
exactly the way it's presented in their version of the Bible, or if you're a Muslim right. in their version of the Koran, or you know other, you know, if you're Jewish in the Torah. What mm-hmm. we're saying is at the root, and I think even these people who have criticized us, if they would actually open their minds and read rather than just have a knee-jerk reaction, they would see that the core principles are exactly the same as the principles which they're preaching. The only difference is they're saying, no, if I'm a Mormon, I can only reach heaven, I can only reach the divine in this way. Or, mm. you know, if I'm, uh, I'm in the Catholic Church, no, I do not have the ability to communicate directly with God. It has to go through the priest, through the Pope. Mm. You know? mm-hmm. So we, we don't believe that. But if, someone, if that works for someone, we don't say don't do that. We're just saying there is an alternative way and that there is nothing wrong with entreating the source directly. Right. Now, when, when Eckhart was on Oprah, we had a similar experience with mostly fundamentalists calling in and saying, Oprah, you know, aren't you betraying you know, the, the, the roots? And, and she had a very good explanation. She said, absolutely not. If you believe specifically in your religious tradition, follow it. All we're saying is the truth that is at the basis of your religion is also the truth at the basis of Eckhart's conception of the power of now or Charles Hanel's conception of the law of attraction or really mm-hmm. any spiritual teacher's basic belief. I was very fortunate as a young person. I was hired as the production coordinator and researcher for a film about the historical life of Jesus. And I actually, in that, fi- in that film work, interviewed the Dalai Lama and the heads of seven or eight of the major religious organizations in the world. Mm. And I can tell you that fundamentally, there's no difference between the golden rule that each and every one of these religions honors. However, the manifestation and the individual uh, advice that each of these church elders gives can mm-hmm. differ, and that's where we unfortunately get in, into trouble. If you look at the world situation right now, what's so sad is whether it's the, the – and I don't know the details of these different world religions, but I know you have the Sunnis and the Shiites. Well, they're all yeah. Muslims, but somehow the hatred they have for each other and the conflict they've created is, is worse than they even have you know, with other religions. Yes. Um, and, and the same, I think, if you look at the Irish and the English and, you know, the Protestants and the Catholics. I mean, it's actually just such small variations of the basic beliefs. And yes. it's, it's sort of like the closer they are to being in agreement, the more venomous their, their antagonism is over the small differences. Yeah, so it's unreal. It, it's really sad when we look at the world situation and how much blood has been shed and continues to be shed over really just small yeah. details. Um, The way I like to look at it, I interviewed the Dalai Lama back in 1979. I like to say before the Dalai Lama was the Dalai Lama, meaning he wasn't really as a world figure that significant in 1979 as he is today. And one of the things I noticed because I was in his home, and, um, you know, it's a temple and everything, Dharamsala, part of India where he's in exile. And I noticed all these strange hats all these different people were wearing, and I asked him about it. He said, oh, the, the hats, that's really just to keep us humble. The, the more important you are, the funnier the hat you get to wear so we don't oh. take ourselves too seriously. Now, he was making a joke. You know, that's not the, the official word. That was just an inside joke he was making to me. But okay. I have always thought it's kind of true. It's like we just take ourselves too seriously, you know, and, and we, we should. Really no, we really do. We, we really are all here. We really are all equal. I mean, I don't care whether you're, you know, a billionaire or you're living on the street. 
you really have access to the same abundance of the universe. You're just not yeah. manifesting it if you're living on the street. And unfortunately, some of the people who are billionaires, because I have some friends who are billionaires, aren't necessarily manifesting such a great life either. We don't need to really envy them other than their riches, because a lot of times all that money creates a lot of headaches for them, and they yeah. have personal strife, and they have all kinds. And plus, you know, look at poor Steve Jobs. He had all the money in the world. Didn't you know? He died a very young man. You know, money is just good for certain things. I think that the passage you read earlier before the break was very apt. You know, mm. it's not about accumulating possessions and accumulating money. Possessions and money are tools with which to serve others. And in the process of serving others, you're going to experience incredible joys. If you look at almost every event that happens, whether it's winning the U.S. Open, which I was just, you know, viewing, who do people thank they thank their friends and their family and their children and their parents that's where the real joy is it's the really simple elements of life and we all have those connections and those are right. the connections that if we nurture them will nurture us absolutely you know bill you said something very significant a few moments ago in how um no matter what religion someone is coming from and we have that focus on the minor differences and all of the strife that this causes, I want to point out, since we're largely focused on A Course in Miracles, and this is why um, I don't focus on religion on the show, because I want to um, rise above the limitations that certain organized religions um, provide. But I will say that the complete master key system is sort of similar to A Course in Miracles, and Mm -hmm. here's my reason why. In A Course in Miracles... In the preface, it states, although Christian in statement, the Course deals with universal spiritual themes. It emphasizes that it is but one version of the universal curriculum. There are many others, this one differing only in, differing from them only in form. Let me reread that. It emphasizes that it is but one version of the universal curriculum. There are many others, this one differing from them only in form. They all lead to God in the end. So no matter what religious structure you like to adhere to, whatever feels comfortable to you, I know many of us break away from that because we crave more information. But your book, The The Complete Master Key System, is along those lines in that the principles are universal and should appeal to everyone regardless of their concrete beliefs on how to get to God. Absolutely. In fact, I would even go further. You don't need to believe in God at all. I mean, God is a man-made word. I'm not saying God is man-made, but, you know, for for those who don't believe in God, of course, they might say that God is a man-made concept. I don't happen to believe that. I think there is a universal intelligence to the universe. But is it a God in the way that any particular religion has described God? Not necessarily. And is it important? Not at all. What's important is to realize that we are all part of creation. We all have access to the highest intelligence of that creation. And if we're aware of this and willing to be just a little bit courageous in not holding on to, quote, what we've been taught, but being open to receive from the universe itself even higher knowledge, there Mm -hmm. are no limits to what we as individuals, or more importantly, as a species, can achieve. This is really what it's all about. And we're here in a very sacred role. We are the most technologically evolved species on this planet, 
Some would sure. say we're the most intelligent. I think some whales and dolphins may disagree with that. But we are <laughs> very advanced civilization in many them. ways. <laughs> Go ahead. But, 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 you know, we have a sacred responsibility to be stewards for this planet. We have not really been doing the greatest job. There's been a lot of unintended consequences of short-term focus on the material. Some can call it greed. I won't even call it greed. We all get excited about things, new things, and having things. And I don't think that's a, a, a terrible quality to have, but everything needs to be in balance. And as we become more aware and more aware of the impact of what we're doing, we might pause and say, Unlimited growth in terms of selling more and more, you know, whatever it is. It could be, you mm-hmm. know, Starbucks coffee or Coca-Cola or television sets or iPhones or whatever the latest fad is may mm-hmm. or may not be in the highest interest of this planet, and we need to balance our short-term joy and economic prosperity from pushing one particular way of enjoying and consuming versus the balance that we need so that everybody on this planet has a decent planet to enjoy that most mm-hmm. importantly will still be decent to enjoy a hundred, a thousand, a million years from now. We don't think in terms of a million years. We don't even think in terms of ten years when we're planning what we're doing, or at least most of us don't. But the reality is a hundred years is nothing. <laughs> it's a drop in, in, in linear time. Absolutely. And the way we're proceeding, no matter who you are, um, I think you have to be aware that certain practices that we are doing right now, unless we come up with some new practices to balance them, are going to leave this planet in pretty bad shape 100 years from now. And, you know, I don't expect to be here 100 years from now, but certainly my great-grandchildren, I hope, will be, and future mm-hmm. generations. And we need to start having a perspective where it's not just about us and this moment. And ironically, the sooner you start having that larger-term and longer-term perspective, the more joy you're going to have in this moment because you become immediately aware that you are aligned with the higher energies of the universe and you just feel good. Yes because you pulled your head out of a place where it shouldn't have been and embrace that larger picture and tap into that cosmic energy that you're part you're of. tapping into the source. That's why we came up with the title. It, when we originally came up with the Tapping the Source title, it was based on what you've just said, that you're tapping the source. And then also, because we did have so much respect for Charles and Al, we consider him the source for the Western world of this knowledge. So you're tapping yeah. the source of the knowledge that is about how to tap. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'd like to get into some of the components of the first half of the book that you and your co-authors put together. I think the second half, the master key system, pretty much speaks for itself, and we've done mm-hmm. a good job of outlining what it is and what it's for and what it does. There is a section at towards the end that I would like to read. However, I want to go back to the first half, your uh, contribution to this um, brilliant system. You took great care to acknowledge that everyone has a different learning style and pace. So tell us a little bit, because I have a lot more questions. (laughs) Briefly tell us how the material is presented so that it's immediately useful in everyday life. Beyond that five or ten minutes, how did you set it up so much? Not so much the five or ten minutes needed, but how it's set up. For, okay. To well, it was, it, we had some discussions. There, you know, three very different personalities. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, John Selvey, who did the bulk of the writing, is right. a true scientist, cognitive psychologist, Princeton degree, 
very meticulous on the best way to meditate, the best way to instruct people on meditation, the best way to lower stress in the workplace. So he really was the main driver of developing the right approach that would be the easiest to comprehend. When I read the book, that he, uh, the passages that he had written, I was totally awed by how simple he had boiled down Charles Hanel's system. It's hard to do. uh, Very hard to do. I mean, we really owe him a debt of gratitude. And and if you read the book, I mean, he is saying, you know, he's got seven focus phrases, and he's really saying you should spend at least five minutes with each focus phrase, which would be 35 minutes. And I don't think there's anything wrong with spending 35 minutes. In fact, if you have 35 minutes and you're willing to spend it, you will benefit more. But I got into a discussion with John, and I said, John, that is going to work for you, and it's going to work for people who are, if you will, pre-prepared to meditate. But for people who come from a different background, including most of the people that I do business with who are type A or double A, <laughs> cerebral, yesterday kind more of, cerebral in their approach well, more to cerebral, life. And they're, 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 they're entrepreneurs for the most part. That's my world. And, you know, they just aren't likely to, you know, at least in the beginning, dedicate 35 minutes a day to this method, no matter how good it is. So so I got into a debate with him. I said, look, if you only spend a minute, and I actually said 30 seconds with each phrase, it's still beneficial. He says, you're absolutely right. So I said, John, you know, 30 seconds to a minute for seven phrases, we can get it down to five minutes. I won't say that's the primary and what I'm going to tell every reader to do, but I do want to be able to tell readers that in as little as five minutes they're going to get benefit. You as a scientist, can you confirm that? Yes, but, and he immediately went into the but, it's not the right way. You really should spend 35 minutes. You're going to get much more than he went into all the explanations. And he's right, because John's very focused on breathing. It's not just saying the phrases to yourself, which will help, but breathing and feeling. And he's right. It takes some time to breathe and feel. feel. And so I agree with John. If you have more than five minutes, that's much better. 35 minutes a day would be optimal from John's point of view. And so that is the goal. That is still a lot less than Charles Hanel was suggesting. For Charles Hanel, it would have been at least an hour a day. Well, I just want to add to what you're saying that, yes, five five minutes can make a difference. But in order to get to that optimal brainwave state that you Mm -hmm. need to really make the difference, this is why it's so scientific. It involves the brain. It involves the nervous system. And you need that brainwave state, alpha, you know, if you can get to alpha, perfect, because that is very potent. And that's what is needed. But you need to make a commitment in order to get the most out of it. I absolutely agree with you. However, my one caveat when I had this conversation with John was, but John, isn't every human being different? Aren't some people, you know, if you say 35 minutes is going to get everyone there, aren't some people, you know, going to be able to get there in 15 to 20 minutes? And he said, probably, you know, we don't have enough scientific data on that. We haven't done enough studies of measuring how long it takes different brains to get to the alpha place. And, you know, so there is variation. My whole point is I don't think that we need to have this, like a mathematical formula where a certain number of seconds is all you need or more is this. I think there's some flexibility here, but absolutely we should go with the science that John has studied, that you've studied. And, yes, 
if you have the time, spending you know five minutes on each phrase will pretty much, I'd say, in 99% of the cases, get you to that alpha state in which things will, will begin to manifest and in which you will actually start experiencing physiological and neurological changes within your body. I love it. I want to talk more about that in a moment. With regard to the focus phrases and... Um you use that phrase, and you also use the phrase choice point on page 30. Tell us what a choice point is as it pertains to a focus phrase or differs from it. Well, for me, I, and John would probably have a different answer because he's, okay. you know, this is his work uh, on this side of it, and he's more technical than I. If you go to the actual focus phrases, it's, you know, and this is my interpretation, you know, the focus phrase, and I'm going to do all seven because they're so simple, and I want readers to see we're really talking about something very simple. Okay. The focus phrases themselves, one, I choose to focus enjoyably inward. And this is, it's a choice. You're making a choice. Two, my mind is quiet. I am now in the silence. Three, I am open to receive guidance from my source. Four, I know what I want. Five, I feel connected with creative power. Six, my vision is right now perfect and complete. Seven, each new moment is manifesting my dream. These are really simple it. phrases. They well, work. you know what? I can just I want to describe them in one encapsulated form. When they're, I'm going to talk about intention in a minute. But as the, as you describe these, I notice the component in each of them. It's short. It's positive, and it's timeless. So there's no limitation set. We don't, we're not going to limit ourselves if we say in those phrases, in those ways. Because sometimes if you, if you start putting a wish in there, oh, I, 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 I know I want this. Don't be that specific. Let your higher self get into specifics. You just state these as they are. They're perfect. It's a perfect formula. Energetically, I love it. And that, to me, is when John's talking about a choice point that you have the choice of choosing spirit or not. And if you choose not, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you're probably going to have a harder time in life. For me, the telling moment on this question was when my dad was dying. And he was a chemist. And I had a discussion with him. And even though he was you know, a very kind man, contributed to a lot of charities throughout his life, mm-hmm. um, he really believed as a chemist. I said, so, Dad, what do you think is going to happen when you die? He says, oh, as a chemist, I know exactly what's going to happen. My molecules will disintegrate and will recombine with other molecules, and that's the end of it. There's no, there's no anything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, well, I, you know, my experience is different. I've had a near-death experience, and I've had a personal experience of, of eternity, if you will, of, of the eternal nature of, I guess, what you would call my soul or my, even my personality. And my dad had never had that experience. So he lived in a world in which he chose to believe that what you see is what you get. It's all about the material. Mm. And, you know, what John's saying in uh, the earlier chapter of our book is we each have a choice. These focused phrases are going to be harder if you have absolutely no belief in anything that you can't measure physically. But... Why choose to limit yourself in that way? Mm-hmm. And for those who are even not prepared to believe anything they can't measure, what I'd say is try this method for a week or a month and see if you can measure the results in your life. 
and then yeah. you may change. But I'm not telling people to, to abandon their beliefs. I use, you know, traditional measurement and, you know, we measure success, you know, in our business by the money that we generate. And, you know, uh-huh. measurement is great. Physical manifestation is, in the end, what it's all about. But if right. you believe that physical manifestation will only be created by physically limita- limited actions, I think you're going to be surprised at the end of the day because there's clear scientific evidence that what is happening on the energetic level, what they call the non-local level, is influencing what's happening physically in your life right now. I wanted to mention that. It's on page 174. Uh, It's funny that you brought that up because I had turned to this page about five minutes ago. So I love how we work together and, and to bring these thoughts together. But on page 174, they made a massive discovery, and they discovered the power of intention, and it says that even Einstein, um, the scientist doing the study, wanted to prove Einstein wrong in his statement that, quote, the intent of the experimenter influences the outcome of the experiment. So even if you just see this as an experiment, to break outside of any limiting beliefs or personal boundaries you may have, about certain practices, this will help you. Because at Princeton, there was a study, this says, of the last 30 years, now completed, but still just beginning to impress our minds with its discoveries, after realizing that there is a, a tangible way to measure intention, as, as important as that was, they then did studies that, that, for the first time, proved that EFP is scientifically valid. So that's an interesting section of the book as well. Absolutely, and this is actually one of the areas that I'm personally motivated to explore more. We're working with HeartMath, which is a wonderful organization in Northern California that is actually funding something called the Resonance Project. And they've done experiments that show that positive vibrations have greater impact on world events than negative vibrations, and that resonance is the key. And if we can get more and more people vibrating in the same direction with the same positive thoughts at the same time, we can actually have impact on world events. So, Where did you say that was? Heart path in heart, California? Heart math. Yeah, definitely heart math. Uh, heart math. Yeah, kind of a strange name, but they're, they're a group uh, in, in Boulder Creek, California, just above Santa Cruz, and um, I'm friends with the founder of the organization. Definitely someone from the organization would be a great guest on one of your future shows. Sure. But HeartMath is an incredible organization that has scientifically proven that resonance exists at the level of thought and that corporations can use they've, – they've created some you know, practical uh, vibration-creating devices yes. that are being used by corporations to lower the risk of – ill health among their employees. So, you know, it's starting to have real economic impact. These ideas are not just fanciful ideas. They're being put into practice by different groups around the country and around the world and proving that the basic ideas of Charles Hanel and the complete master key system are valid scientific concepts that can alter each and every one of our reality for the better. Right. Would, if they have a website, would you happen to have that the name of that website in the forefront? I, I of your believe mind? it would just be heartmath.com. I can I can follow up with you and you can I'll send it to you for announcement of future shows. That's fine, and I'll add it to the website to the show page for your segment today. 
Great. I'll see if I can do that and try to get the word out ahead of time, and then we can all anticipate whatever they uh, publish or come up with and get a mission going here. Let's move on to, I want to talk a little bit about, do you have a few more minutes, Bill? Yeah, I do. Okay. I was really impressed with what is said on page 313 about the brain and the nervous system, if I can read a couple sentences. Sure. Hmm. There is not a single virtue or principle in the storehouse of nature which the brain cannot express. The brain is an embryonic world, ready to develop at any time as necessity may arise. If you can comprehend that this is a scientific truth and one of wonderful laws of nature, one of the wonderful laws of nature, it will be easier for you to get an understanding of the mechanism by which these extraordinary results are being accomplished. The nervous system has been compared to an electric current with its battery of cells in which force is originated and its white matter for, to insulated wires by which the current is conveyed. It is through these channels that every impulse or desire is carried through the mechanism. And that is such a crucial component to understanding the connection between mind and body. Would you like to amplify or augment that? In some I, way? I, I'm not sure I can really say it any better than that. It is something that literally bears repeating. I would just encourage you know listeners to get a hold of the book. That's one of the reasons that we wrote this book the way we did. Charles Hanel goes into things in much greater depth. And you really do need to read these types of messages more than once to fully comprehend them. Mm-hmm. So that's my, my suggestion because I know we have limited time. But if you – I mean, it's really remarkable. I mean, I've re- rarely, I don't think, ever read any other book where every single comment, every single sentence is just airtight. There's airtight. nothing Charles Hanel wrote that doesn't resonate as pure truth. It, it's amazing, the, his voice in these words and the power of the words because they're so succinct. In this chapter, this is part six of the 24-part section of the Master Key System, but he goes on to talk about the spinal cord. And in yeah. reading this, it's, it's like talking about the blood flow, the sensory pathways of the spinal cord, um, blood supply plunging through veins and arteries. So if we were to pull back and imagine that every thought we have doesn't just escape into the ethers. You send it on a journey through your body, picking up particles of negativity. Picture a thought in that way. A negative thought will attract negative particles, and it's going to go find a part of your body to go sit in and fester and create something like a cyst or a lump or something that should not be there. And this is, I thought, powerful imagery in attempting to learn to control our thoughts. Would you agree with that? Totally agree. I mean, this is why, you know, because the ultimate thing that we all really care about more than, you know, we talk more about money than anything else, but health is really the key to joy. If, you're, mm-hmm. if your body is not functioning fully, it's hard to be in full joy. And Charles Hanel, particularly that passage that you just uh, referred to, really describes how we get sick and ill. It really is, you know, yes, you can always find the physical cause. There's viruses out there. There's contagions. But the human mind plays a significant role in whether any of this takes root in our body. Why Absolutely. is it? I mean, we say it's the immune system. They have a strong immune system. Well, I think that we have more to do. It's called the autoimmune system. I think we have more to do with the strength of our immune system than we give ourselves credit for. And Absolutely. Charles Hanel really was so specific when he was writing. 
that's why you know John Selby, even though he had told me before he reread the book, the original Master Key, I don't have time for this. I'm too busy with my own research, realized that his own research was dependent upon this explanation that Charles Hanel gave in the book of why the solar plexus is the key to manifestation. Yes. And it was only after I read, you know, Charles Hanel that I started seeing this explained in other books by scientists and others. So how Charles Hanel was able to grasp all of this information almost 100 years ago and his ability to write about it so clearly and succinctly is really a miracle. It and, is a um, miracle. You know, we I just know. feel grateful that because of our efforts, including our movie, Tapping the Source, which inspires people, we, we interviewed over 120 people for that movie and just asked them mm -hmm. two questions. What's your source of happiness and how do you stay connected to that source? Mm -hmm. And that's an inspirational movie. And what we learned was that 90% of the people we interviewed were really, whether they had conscious awareness of it or not, were relying on principles that Charles Hanel had explained almost 100 years ago. So we're really grateful wow. that we're able to reintroduce the Master Key System in this way through this publisher. Um, yeah. we're, we're delighted that, you know, it was really the idea of Joel Fotinos, the publisher of Tartar Books, which is part of Penguin, that said, guys, I can get you the original master key system and we can include it in the re-release of the book. What do you think? And of course we were just delighted and we think that this <laughs> book is going to reach many millions of people in this form and it's going to have a very positive impact on the world. I, ag I agree and I also want to acknowledge the miracle of John Selby reconnecting with what served as a springboard to his own <laughs> work as an adult after college. So that's a miracle in and of itself. Absolutely. I mean, with synchronicity and miracle, I mean, the fact that I was flying to Kauai and was meeting with John for things completely unrelated and that mm -hmm. he felt he had no time at all, but it was just so perfect in terms of his life's work that, yeah. you know, he couldn't, couldn't resist and he created these focus phrases, which really I think are, uh, you know, in their own way as powerful as Charles Hanel for our generation of getting people who have never been thinking in this way, to start thinking this way and start altering their behavior just a little bit. And that just that little change is going to make a huge difference. Huge difference. Well, earlier, Bill, we had mentioned how, you know, about the power of giving and the process of giving and receiving. But I want to make clear to everybody that I had said, you know, that's why we're here, to give. So I want to talk briefly about how we can achieve a balance to avoid the extremes, because it's an important point made in the book, the extremes, the extremes of obsessive acquisition of wealth and possessions versus obsessive giving or self-sacrifice, as I call it, because both are unhealthy extremes. Totally agree. Uh, one of my other clients, author that I greatly admire is Sherry Arison of the Arison Group in Israel. She happens to be a multi-billionaire. And she's got a new book, The Doing Good Model in Business, Activate Your Goodness in Business. Um, her first book, Activate Your Goodness, was published a couple of years ago. And in Activate Your Goodness, she deals with the same issue. And her reference is when you're on an airplane and something is going wrong, you're told if you're traveling with children, put the oxygen mask on yourself first mm -hmm. and then take care of your children. Yes. This is really the principle for all of life. If you're not healthy and whole, you cannot help others. 
So you do have to put the focus on being healthy, whole, balanced, at your highest peak of capability. And that is never at variance with your ability to give to others. Overindulgence, overcommitment. I mean, if somebody, for example, is in very good health, but they want to, you know, be Mr. or Mrs. Wonderful and they end up spending, you know, 30 hours a week at the gym instead of 10, well, those extra 20 hours probably is an overuse <laughs> of their exercise time, which isn't even benefiting them and is taking away from a more balanced life in which they could be making contributions in other ways. So, it's, it's, you know, there's, you can have too much of a good thing. But balance is really the key. You need to have the right amount of giving, the right amount of receiving. And each one of us is going to be slightly different in what that looks like. And we shouldn't be too quick to judge others as being too giving or too you know, self, self-involved is a wonderful word that uh, one of my friends used for her husband. He's very self-involved, but you know, in a kind of you know, forgiving way. None of us are perfect. We're all human. We're all going to be out of balance at times. But knowing and striving to be in balance, to have both giving and receiving in our lives in equal measure, I think is a good guide. Yes, and I think it's important to note that we have the power to do what we want to do with this life. And I want to wrap up with um, an excerpt from the book about power, and then I want to know what's uh What's going on at your website where you can help people and support them in doing this work and a couple other things, okay? Great. Okay. It states in part one, it is my privilege to enclose here with part one of the Master Key System. Would you bring into your life more power? Get the power consciousness. More health? Get the health consciousness. More happiness? Get the happiness consciousness. Live the spirit of these things until they become yours by right. It will then become impossible to keep them from you. The things of the world are fluid to a power within man by which he rules them. You need not acquire this power. You already have it. But you want to understand it. You want to use it. You want to control it. You want to impregnate yourself with it so that you can go forward and carry the world before you. Day by day as you go on and on, as you gain momentum, as your inspiration deepens, as your plans crystallize, as you gain understanding, You will come to realize that this world is no dead pile of stones and timber, but that it is a living thing. It is made up of beating hearts of humanity. It is a thing of life and beauty. I'm going to leave it at that. If you want to hear some more, get the book, The Complete Master Key System, Using the Classic Work to Discover Prosperity, Joy, and Fulfillment. Authors, William Gladstone, Richard Greninger, and John Selby. So, at tappingdaily.com, and I know it's uh, the TappingSourceMovie.com is the tapping primary website. TappingSourceMovie.com, mm-hmm. Tapping Daily is John Selby is running that part of the site because okay. he updates it with videos and meditation practices. Our Tapping the Source Movie site is where you can have access to the movie. Um, the movie is inspiring you to have the energy to make the commitment to actually start practicing because you'll see in the movie – more than 100 people who are using similar techniques with great positive results. Also at tappingthesourcemovie.com, you can connect and subscribe to our free newsletter, Tapping the Source. It comes out twice a month, and we're always promoting people and authors who have books that are positive and that will help you in your life. And Mm -hmm. then if you want to know more about my activities, 
either one to the book.com or williamgladstone.org. Uh, you have a list of all of my books and my activities, my blog. I took about a six-month leave of absence from my blog because I just finished another book, which is also being published later this month, Dr. and Master Shah, Miracle Soul Healer, and you'll learn a little bit about Dr. and Master Shah, who is using, in a very powerful way, the exact same principles of Charles Hanel and the yeah. complete master key system. Now, that's a so, biography of Dr. Shah? It's a biography of Dr. Shah, and he did grace me with two or three exercises that he actually uses, including his forgiveness practices, which mm. are very simple, which are very effective for healing. In my case, he actually taught me an exercise that using it just twice, 10 minutes each time, healed golfer's elbow in under 24 hours when the last time I had had the same affliction, it took six to eight weeks. So oh my goodness. It, it, it's really remarkable, and he's using these principles uh, in a very powerful way. So I got very interested in his work and, you know, wrote a biography He's fascinating. I learned about him last week. I'm learning a lot this past week, am I not? <laughs> I learned about him last week. I have his book, Soul Healing Miracles, and I hope to have him on the show in the coming month. So that should be very interesting. We'll that, see about that'll that. That'll be great. Yeah. But mm. we're, we're all working together. I think you said it earlier in the show that it's not just one way to find the source. There are many ways, and each and every one that legitimately and truly helps you connect with the magnificence of creation, the magnificence of what I would call the intelligence of the universe mm. is going to further our collective journey on this amazing adventure, which actually, in my belief, transcends our physical being. So, yes, absolutely. you know, at every level, I, I really encourage people to explore the Complete Master Key system. Go to our websites, connect with us. Um, we're all in this together, and we're all on a mission of great joy and purpose, and it's never been more important than right now because as much as I'm happy to focus on all the positive going on in the world, there's plenty of negative, and it's only by focusing on the positive and getting others to focus on the positive and working together that we will, in fact, be able to balance the negative forces towards entropy, which are creating great stresses on our planet and in our lives right now. Right, exactly. Well, Bill, you are extremely prolific. So what do you have on the horizon? I know you've got a, well, another project I, I'm, coming. I'm Taking a, a sh I'm getting back to blogging because it, it's very hard for me to write books and blog at the same time. So I'm going to restart my blog. I'm actually going to do a, a guest blog for Dr. and Master Shah because I'm spending okay. more time with him. We've got a couple of events, one at Agape in Culver City on December 13th, another in Anaheim on April 11th. And as I'm spending more time with him and learning more about what he's doing, I'm going to start blogging about that. I'm also just in the middle of co-hosting for him Dr. and Master Shah, Soul Healing Miracles, as a 13-part television series that's going to be aired on PBS starting next March. We also just taped a pledge show, which will start airing in December, about Soul Healing Miracles and my book, Dr. and Master Shah, Miracle Soul Healer. So I've been working a lot in the area of health, and it's leading to greater uh, opportunities for me personally. I'm going to Probably I've been asked, and I think I'm going to say yes, to co-host a new series on PBS that would be filmed sometime next year called Inside Wellness. And on that show, I'll have the opportunity to interview 
many different practitioners from traditional you know western medical doctors to shaman to alternative health practitioners and so i'm excited about all of these opportunities that are emerging and um you know keeps life interesting this is going to be explosive. It's going to be, I can just, I, I am getting such a rush of energy right now. Once that hits the airwaves and starts to get traction, it's amazing how many people this is going to help. Well, that's our goal. So thank you for all you do to help promote these kinds of books and authors. Mm-hmm. And um, I look forward to being on your show again in the near future. I appreciate that, Bill. You're so wonderful to talk to and, and I, it's funny how we, we dance well together, let me say that. Absolutely. So thank okay. you so much. I'll look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks again, and you take care, okay? Okay, thank you. All right, everybody. That is our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Remember, the book comes with a support website. Visit the website, get that additional information, numerous resources, the movie, watch the, watch the documentary. It's all great stuff. Until next time, God bless and be at peace.